You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. Welcome to the Dr. Tina Show. I'm your host, Dr. Tina Moore. I'm a naturopathic and chiropractic physician, and I'm here to tell you the truth as I know it. With censorship and thought police taking over the platforms and airwaves, my goal is to bring you real talk about all things health, strength, and resiliency. Get ready to have your paradigm rocked. I don't hold back, and I tell it how I see it. This is Human Wellness 2.0 Uncensored. Today's guest is Dr. Asia Muhammad. Dr. Asia covers the alphabet of American medical corruption and exposes the A to Z of terrible things that major medical corporations and doctors alike have done to destroy our health here in the United States. You're not going to want to miss what she teaches us about Nestle, Johnson & Johnson, Carnegie, Big Pharma, Bayer, Pfizer, and so many others. Dr. Asia Muhammad is a naturopathic physician with a special interest in gastroenterology, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, mind-body medicine, and stress management. As always, if you have questions for the show, please email us at podcast at drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A. And if you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. Welcome, Dr. Asia Muhammad. I am so happy to have you here today on the Dr. Tina Show. You and I are both naturopathic physicians. We are both St. Louis girls, although you were raised there and I left there when I was young, but it is still in my heart. And you are easily one of my favorite accounts on Instagram and one of my favorite naturopathic doctors in our profession. And today we are going to talk the ABCs of medical tyranny. And I am so excited to have you here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love your show. I love what you do. I love your IG. I love that you're about it. And I'm about it too. So that's cool. All right. All right. I'm going to, without further ado, I pass you the mic. Okay. So the post is like medical corruption, medical tyranny. So we go through the entire alphabet. So A through Z, there's something we can list for each alphabet re relative to this medical system. So A is for um, the AMA, American Medical Association. And so American Medical Association, they worked in conjunction with Abraham Flexner, um, along with the Carnegie Foundation to essentially exclude every like sectarian healer from the practice of medicine besides the regular or scientific doctors at the time. Um, and they were formed, the AMA, in 1847 with the strict goal of essentially mandating a code of ethics that excluded everyone from the profession that didn't practice in a specific way. And they also wanted to maximize their profits and reduce the number of doctors coming out of medical school. Basically, they created a monopoly and ex tried to exterminate yeah. anybody who questioned it. All right, yeah. B. B is for Bayer. So Bayer um, actually bought Monsanto. And here in Missouri, Monsanto is like headquartered. You would drive down and see these big Monsanto like signs. But now it's just Bayer. But um, Bayer bought out Monsanto and they currently are undergoing these like million dollar, billion dollar lawsuits around Roundup and the adverse negative health effects, including cancer. They're also being sued for other chemical contaminations such as PCBs, which are endocrine disruptors. C. C is for Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie. He made his fortune through the iron coal um, steel industry, and he also funded the notorious Flexner study that led to the Flexner report, which essentially reformed medical education in America, which is why you see such a monopoly on, on um, medicine relative to the MDDO profession. Ah, the Flexner report. All right. What are we on, D? <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to write this down. So D <laughs> 
D is for dumping. There are so many like companies you could put for D. I just put dumping, but DuPont dumped more than 1.7 million pounds of these PFOA chemicals into the environment between 1950 and 2015. They ended up paying $671 million in damages to local residents who were exposed. This is a chemical that affects your immune system, your liver, your lungs, and more. Also, Monsanto dumped... Um, pounds of PCBs into Snow Creek in Anniston, Alabama, which is also, PCBs are also an endocrine disruptors. And more companies have been guilty of dumping as well. Those are just a few that I kind of wanted to list. Oh, DuPont. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, oh, oh, DuPont. DuPont. <laughs> e. So E is for the Edmundston Zagreb vaccine. So this is the one um, the CDC and Kaiser Permanente worked together to launch this measles vaccine trial in predominantly poor Black and Hispanic families in LA around 1989. It later came out that this was an experimental vaccine and they failed to actually inform the parents that they were giving their kids an experimental vaccine. They later stopped the trial after these studies in like Africa and Haiti revealed that the vaccine was associated with an increased risk of death in baby girls. So, um, yeah. Wow. I did not know that yep. one. F. F is for our friend Flexner. So the Flexner report... So Abraham Flexner was hired by the um, Rockefeller, the, Carne the Ro Carnegie Association to um, evaluate medical education. What people don't know is that Abraham Flexner's brother is Simon Flexner, and he was actually the leader um, or the director of the Rockefeller Medical Research Institute, which is the main research institute in America at the time. So they kind of were like colluding to essentially reform medical education in America, but there was so much nepotism present and people aren't aware of how these two are connected, the Rockefeller and like the Rockefeller group, the Carnegie group. Um, and so essentially his critique or his reform led to the closure of many medical medical schools in America, the sectarian ones, chiropractic programs, herbal programs, um, all the women medical schools were closed. I think about of the, all the black medical schools, only two were allowed to remain open. And essentially, if you didn't comply with these reform criteria, you weren't getting any money to keep your school running. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. G. Mm-hmm. G is for GlaxoSmithKline. Um, in 2012, GlaxoSmithKline was fined a record $3 billion for multiple criminal and civil offenses, including the unlawful promotion of medicines, failure to report safety data, and false reporting. They were also charged with creating sham advisory boards and supposedly independent CME programs. And just a reminder, like when you see these like drug lawsuits, there are drugs that have been FDA approved. Like they're not just out there freestyling. These have all been approved through the FDA. Yeah. H. H is for Henrietta Lacks. So Henrietta Lacks is this black woman who went to John Hopkins for um, like treatment of, a, of cancer. And so they took some of her cells, never told her that they actually took her cells for research purposes. And her cell line called the HeLa cells now have been used um, in biomedical research because they generate a remarkable capacity to regenerate and reproduce. And so they use them in biomedical research, but her family was never properly compensated. And to this day, like most recently her cell line have been used in like COVID research. There's a great movie about that as well that I, yep. I, I, I knew of this uh, story mm -hmm. and this woman through, I had a wonderful education at Western States Chiropractic College where we learned about all of these nice. things, but mm -hmm. the movie really drove it home for me. And I, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's just called is it called Henrietta Lacks the movie? I think so. Or, it was an excellent yeah. film. I I is for the Indian Health Services. So thousands of Native American women were coerced into and also unknowingly sterilized largely at the Indian Health Services institutions in America. And, you know, independent research estimates that as many as 25 to 50 percent of Native American women were sterilized between 1970 and 1976. Wow. I know. Oh, that makes me tear up. I I couldn't even imagine. I really could not imagine going to, you know, being coerced into, uh, you know, a hysterectomy, being sterilized, right? And then entire populations gone. That's genocide of an entire... Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> I didn't expect to cry. J. Yeah. J yeah, Jay is Johnson and Johnson and Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> oh, Johnson and Johnson, oh. <laughs> whose baby powder gives you ovarian cancer. Exactly. So we're not even talking about that scandal, right? This is a whole <laughs> other scandal. So um, Johnson & Johnson, the manufacturer of these atypical antipsychotics, Risperidone and Palperidone, they had recently pled guilty to criminal misdemeanor in their marketing of Risperidone. The company was fined $2.2 billion in criminal and civil fines in 2013 and $1.2 billion in 2012 for deceptive practices, including hiding the risks and exaggerating the benefits of their drugs. Wow. And they also are highly responsible for the opioid crisis that has yep. decimated entire states in America. Mm -hmm. And I think they were one of the first big lawsuits that came out in the last two years, finally came down on them, which I think opened the door for a lot of those lawsuits. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, Kay. Kay is Dr. Albert Klugman. He's considered like the father of modern dermatology. Essentially, he um, experimented on these like predominantly black prisoners in attempt to develop like topical skin medications. This was like in um, Philadelphia, like mid 20th century, but he intentionally exposed prisoners to dioxin and other pathogens um, and chemicals to see kind of what would happen to their skin. And he was quoted as saying like, all I see, all I saw before me were acres of skin. And a lot of these prisoners developed like long lasting skin and medical issues. And they were not even able to like sue out because they were outside of the statute of limitations. Um, so yeah, and there's actually a book called Acres of Skin um, that details all of this. Wow. Mm -hmm. L. L is for little fly. So mosquito is a Spanish word for little fly. In the 1950s, the U.S. Army released these lab-bred mosquitoes into a town in Georgia with the goal of studying like biological um, warfare capacity. The residents were not made aware, um, and they dropped hundreds of thousands of mosquitoes, and many believe the mosquitoes were infected um, at the time. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> this is just getting more discouraging. You know, I, I, will, I will throw in here, I grew up in uh, California for the most part after mm -hmm. we moved away from St. Louis. And I was probably in second grade living in Northern California when the fruit fly epidemic hit in the early 80s. I think it was 1981, 82. And they decided to spray the entire city with um, malathione, I believe. What? And each night the helicopters would come across and the news would flash and say close up your houses and everybody would get their pets inside close up their houses block their doors with wet towels close their windows and hope for the best and this happened for weeks on end and the if you left your dog bowls outside dogs and cats started dying of course because they'd go out and eat or drink water any sitting water was killing 
uh, the dogs. But mm. I remember being most impacted because I used to play with a bug. I've always been a biologist by heart. And I always played with the bugs back then. And I had a lot of cool bugs in my backyard. And I loved the little mm. roly polies, and yeah. which are actually crustaceans. They're not, they're land crustaceans, which is cool. I yeah, they're not that. insects. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Weird side note. Uh, they all were dead. The whole nest of them that I used to play with were all dead. And I remember sitting outside crying because all my pill bugs were dead on my roly polies. Oh, wow. And I have since looked it up and I'm having, maybe you can help me since you're such a great researcher, a lot of thyroid cancer coming out of that cohort of who were children at the time. So I'm sort of just like knock on wood waiting, you know, because I have the Hashimoto's and I've had the nodules and it's like, okay, when is this going to shift for me? So it's crazy. But then you think like, who's responsible for that? Or can you, could you even, you know what I mean? Hold them accountable at this point in time. No, I do. I did find some information that there were high risks or high rates of thyroid cancer coming out, but it wasn't anything super specific. So this episode of the Dr. Tina show is brought to you by my personal line of products that you can find inside my online store. My number one selling product is easily relaxed tonic. What is relaxed tonic? It is an innovative powder drink mix that reminds me a whole lot of cherry Kool-Aid, much as I drank as a kid. Only this Kool-Aid won't brainwash you and might actually help you make better decisions. It contains a blend of ingredients that promotes a relaxed mood by supporting the body's natural neurotransmitter balance and neuronal stabilization, contains the inhibitory neurotransmitter GABA, supports hormonal balance, healthy blood pressure levels already within normal range, and a healthy glucose metabolism. Relaxed Tonic aims to promote a calm, relaxed, well-balanced emotional and physiologic state. While I can't make any specific health claims, tell you how to dose it, or make individual health recommendations, I can tell you how they work. As always, check with your provider before beginning any supplement regimen. Listeners of The Dr. Tina Show can enjoy 10% off Relax Tonic by using the code RELAX10 over inside my store at store.drtina.com. Again, head to store.drtina.com and use code RELAX10 for 10% off. I'm sorry, what were we on? N or M? L? M. L. Okay, we're on M. For- M. Yeah. <laughs> So in um, Mississippi appendectomy, so, you know, at the time, these women thought they were having appendectomies, having their appendix removed, but what they were actually having removed were their like reproductive organs. So this was like forced sterilization of black women, largely throughout the South. So in North Carolina alone, these eugenics boards approved over 8,000 sterilizations. And by the 1960s, 60% of those sterilized in North Carolina were black, black women. Oh my God. Yeah, and they were just told, like, they were these appendectomies. This happened in Mississippi, which is where also the name Mississippi appendectomy comes from. But they probably don't know the difference. You know, you go in for a surgery, it's in the same area, right, as it, as your appendix. And then later on, you can't reproduce and you don't know why. Have we seen any long-term fallout from this? In, I mean, how could we even track that? Exactly. exactly. Was, any, was anyone no. held accountable? No, not for my research. Nobody was held accountable. There was never any major lawsuit in that regard. So. And what year was this again? Um, this was in the ni- this was by the 1960s. 60% of those um, sterilized were black. So, I mean, it's not that far. No, no. you know, when my mom gave birth to me, um, I was born in 1974. She recalls, and I, I think something similar. She was quite young in the six, in 67 when she had my sister. And I don't remember what that birth story was, but for me, they put her into a twilight sleep, which she said was the most horrific thing ever. And I don't know if you've heard mm. of twilight sleep, but it was a big thing back then. They basically knock, you just were kind of like, so out of it, you didn't know what was going on. So there were all kinds of terrible, I'm not saying this is the same by any means. I just, it, it's just more, yeah. more on 
that whole kind of like messing with women who and without you know and she said she doesn't remember anything about my birth story any she said any, anything could have happened in that room and I wouldn't have recalled it which is to me just a whole other what was, horror. The, what was the purpose of it a uh, pain relief I think to induce it was like to make you not remember which I I, I know I suppose in its own right has some I don't know. It's just horrific what we have done to women and particularly women of color. Absolutely. Um, It's just, it it happened to all kinds of women. Okay. Uh, N. N is for Nestle. Um, So Nestle baby formula. So Nestle used misleading and manipulative language to persuade mothers across the world, actually, that their baby formula was equivalent or superior to breast milk. Um, and many women and babies in developing nations used the formula instead of their breast milk, which led to many health issues in babies. They also had inconsistency in their like in, like formula ingredients relative to like the countries they were marketing to. So some countries they would include sucrose, and in other countries they would say you know sucrose free, you know, <laughs> for like the healthiest formula, but it wasn't consistent. So um, yes, that was it was a really big scandal at the time. Wow, when was that? Oh, that was, that was like, I would say mid, late um, 20th century. I feel like it was like seven, 60, 70. Yeah, because that's, again, what my mom was. I was completely raised on formula. N- really? No breast milk. She was taught or told that it was, it would make, yeah. Really? It's wild. Yeah. And we wonder why I have had health issues. <laughs> that's just so wild that you know knowing all we know now how these companies were able to use like just advertisement and language to persuade oh it's it's crazy i i was uh told when my daughter was five months old to switch her to soy formula which i stupidly did and mm. oh my goodness the health issues that came from that i mean she started looking very weird she got breast oh. buds with lumps inside. I mean, it was bad. And I mean, it happened very quickly. And I remember one day turning the, and I had such horrific postpartum depression. I did not know anything I know now. And I was so horrified at what was happening. And I remember turning around the can one day and I'm in Target under those fluorescent lights and I'm looking at the can and it's the first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup solids. And I was like, Mm. what the actual fuck? Like if the first thing Mm. for the listeners, Mm -hmm. the first ingredient in anything is what it's predominantly made out of. So, I mean, just crazy, the craziness that has come around women's reproduction, babies, mm-hmm, births. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is for their opioid epidemic. Um, in the late 1990s, pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical community that patients would not become addicted to prescription opioid pain relievers, and healthcare providers began to prescribe them at greater rates. About 80% of people who used heroin first misused prescription opioids. Um, and then, like, I also talked about, like, the Sackler family, um, who benefited greatly from the Purdue Pharma Company Sackler family. So, yeah, but always, always for opioid epidemic. My mentor, I was just working, I just started working for my mentor in naturopathic medicine, Dr. Rick Marinelli and his clinic, when um, the Oxys came out and came to market. And Mm. I remember the pharmaceutical rep showing up in the office. And this is back when like, we were in a tiny little clinic. I mean, it wasn't super tiny, but it it wasn't your big like medical establishment looking place. Mm -hmm. And the pharmaceutical reps came in and did a presentation for him and completely convinced him to use these drugs because they were non-addictive, supposedly. 
And I remember him using them freely for a while before catching on to what was going on because people would come back just, you know, shaking and demanding more. I mean, when you get a, you know, when you get an, if you, if anyone out there has ever prescribed opioids, I have, and I can in the state of Oregon with a DEA license and you do, you definitely get drug seekers and it's scary. It's a weird, weird phenomenon. Um, And then that, you know, it's taken that long. That was the mid nineties. It's taken that long until, like I said, a couple years ago, Johnson and Johnson, but nobody's blinking an eye right now for Johnson & Johnson, right? Exactly. Nope. Nobody's blinking an eye. A lot of these big companies, nobody's blinking Oh, yeah. An Johnson & Johnson's the safer one is what we're hearing, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, K. K? Wait. Oh, wait. Do we do- I'm sorry. I went from JK. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, what? Opioid. <laughs> P. I like, P. P. I can't do, I can't do my ABCs. <laughs> P. Okay. P is for Pfizer. Ah, Pfizer. Which starts with a P, (laughs) but sounds like an F, but Pfizer. Um, So the American pharmaceutical giant Pfizer um, and its subsidiary um, Pharmacia and Upjohn Company have agreed to pay $2.3 billion, the largest healthcare fraud settlement in the history of the Department of Justice, to resolve criminal and civil liability arising from the illegal promotion of certain pharmaceutical products. This is what the Justice Department announced on their website. This is like straight from their website. Yeah. And when was this? Ooh, um, I don't have the date for this one, but, um, but you can just go to like the like Justice Department gov and like put Pfizer and it'll give you like all these re- like um, media releases on there. So this is more recent. Oh, this is very recent. Oh yeah, this is very recent. <laughs> but Pfizer, two point three billion, the largest healthcare fraud settlement. But trust Pfizer. Exactly. Q. Cues for quetiapine. So this is a commonly used psychiatric medication that treats schizophrenia and other psychiatric conditions. The government claims that AstraZeneca intentionally marketed the drug by paying kickbacks to doctors for a variety of illnesses for which it had never been tested. AstraZeneca had to pay $500 million in this fraud case, another fraud case. But trust AstraZeneca. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, R. R is for Rockefeller, um, John Rockefeller. He made his fortune primarily through the oil industry. He had an overwhelming influence on um, med- medical industry through his capital, his money. He created the General Education Board that led to major capital-based changes in, um, to medicine in America. And the board gave money to specific medical institutions that complied with the reform criteria. Wow. Which essentially mm-hmm. created, again, back to this monopoly on a yep. certain type of medicine being promoted, whilst yep. other types of medicine like ours was witch hunted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. People, you know, there were some of these short videos going around Instagram about the Rockefellers and, and, and some of these huh. other companies. I don't know if you saw them, but it was in the middle of the pandemic and people were sending them to me saying, I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe the history of these families and what they've done to medicine. And I'm like, we've known this forever. We learned this in school. Exactly. We had history classes in naturopathic and chiropractic exactly. college where we were taught about yep. these things. And it's, it's, I, I'm glad people are waking up to it now decades later, but it's like, this has been going on a long time. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think Rockefeller, I can't find it right now, but I just read something that the Rockefeller Foundation gave a huge grant I believe I, I, I might be wrong here, but it was something around the promotion and education of the vaccine. So, ah, really? Yeah, like millions. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Like Seventeen million right. or something. I read. I, I'll find it and I will try to put the link in the show notes. I, I'm not. 
fully remember. I get a lot of information every day, so it's hard for me to recall it all. But yeah. Okay, S. S is the Sackler family. Um, they are the owners of uh, Purdue Pharma, which produce OxyContin. Um, members of the family, Sackler family, also serve on the company's board of directors, and they're one of the wealthiest families in the U.S., Many public health experts believe that OxyContin is a drug that fueled the nation's current opioid epidemic, and they were accused of these like aggressive sales and like marketing schemes um, of their drug, which you just kind of talked about. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you were getting to that, so I'm sorry. I... <laughs> no, you're, no, you're totally I should have saved that for yeah. this. Yeah, crazy. Um, T. T is for Tuskegee, which everybody pretty much, I think at this point, knows Tuskegee. So 40, it was a 40-year study on the effects of syphilis in black men. And when the actual treatment became available, which was penicillin, the drug was withheld from these black men because essentially they just wanted to study the progression of the disease. And this was conducted by the United States Public Health Services. Oh, that's a, that, yeah. There's also a film about that that we mm -hmm. did watch in chiropractic college, and I, I think that's a must-see for anyone at... I agree. Um, I think there's a book. I'm sure there's a few books. I can't. Oh, yeah. We, we were sure pointed to a book. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Rockefeller for a minute because I just looked it up while you were talking. So the Rockefeller Foundation okay. launches action plan for increased global COVID-19 vaccination efforts. So there, this was June 1st, 2021. So this is, it's a one for all, an updated action plan for global COVID-19 vaccination. And I don't, ha I can't, we don't have time for, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, they're at, they're at it again. Wow. Um, it's not even shocking. No. I don't think people understand how this all goes together. Mm -hmm. Maybe this will pique their interest to look further. They have a whole alphabet of <laughs> options. Yeah. Pick, pick an alphabet. Yeah. Pick a letter. Uh, <laughs> you, you. Are we on you? Yes. So you, I just put like unethical um, trials and experiments because there are so many of them that are unethical. And then I just put like some doctors that I... And hit, like historically have been associated with these unethical trials. So there's Dr. Marion Sims, Dr. James Dugas, Dr. Walter Jones, Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, Dr. Um, or Samuel Cartwright, Carl Linnaeus. Like the list goes on, and you can just like Google these names. But there's so many unethical trials and experiments that happen um, in our country. Yeah, usually on people of color, yeah. and on uh, populations and regions where people have you know, mm -hmm. socioeconomic issues. So, yeah. Yeah. or college students. <laughs> yeah. That's another big one. That's yeah. Uh, v, are we on V? Mm -hmm. um, v is for Vioxx. So this was a drug that the FDA approved, FDA approved, um, that was later withdrawn as it contributed to over 50,000 deaths. And some people say the number is even higher than that. I just tried to go with like the, what's repeated across most literature. So it's 50,000, but some people say it's even up to 100,000 deaths. And when I posted like this on like this one post on Vioxx on my social media, people messaged me saying, yeah, that's the one that killed my husband and yada, yada, yada. So it's very recent. Um, and there is information out there that people working with the on in the drug company with the FDA knew that there was like increased risk of coronary artery heart disease, but they kind of kept it hush hush to push the dr drug to market. And the, these studies were later published, but they knew it ahead of time. They knew it ahead of time. That was actively happening. That was Merck, right? Merck Pharmaceutical produced Vioxx, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was happening right around the time of 9/11. I remember it very clearly, ah. and I'll tell you why in a second. But I remember, yeah, so we started a war, a huge war against terrorism and the enemy right. 
over right. a few thousand deaths at the World Trade Centers, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying mm-hmm. is a, like it's not okay that we had deaths, right. right? That there was an attack. But whilst that was happening, we had just had 10 to who knows how many times the amount of deaths from Vioxx happening mm-hmm. in our own country from a ph- mm-hmm. pharmaceutical company that was not being held accountable. Yep. So, and they're still yep. in business. It's, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. And the reason this is passionate for me is because my husband at the time was very well-to-do and he was a, fin- a financial advisor. And a lot of his investments, meaning the wealth that we were living off of, was in this pharmaceutical company. And mm-hmm. we ha- and Pfizer as well. And we had a full-on drag-out really? fight because I refused to live in a home that was being paid for with blood yeah. money. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which wow. ultimately led to the end of our, I mean, there were other things too. We, we, were, we were soon divorced <laughs> after that. But when I found out where his investments were mm. and that I was living off of that, you know, because I was going to school full time. So I was unable to work and um, I was in medical school. And so anyway, yeah, a little side note there. Wow. Not to make it about me. I'm just sharing a story. Like I, I can only imagine how much money has been made on, you know, from these companies, from Vioxx and and so forth. I mean, the fact that they can be sued for billions and they're still around just goes to show you how deep those pockets are. Oh yeah, it's a blip for them. It's nothing. It's like not recalling a car because it's cheaper just to pay the lawsuit to the people Mm -hmm. who die than it is to actually fix the thing, right? Mm. It's a similar. Okay, what letter are we on? W? Uh W, yep. So W is for Wyeth Pharmaceuticals. So in 2009, Wyeth Pharmaceuticals agreed to pay $490 million to resolve its criminal and civil liability arising from the unlawful marketing of the prescription drug Rapamune, which I'm not sure what Rapamune actually um, does or what the goal was for that one. But they also um, agreed to pay, Wyeth and um, Pfizer agreed to pay $784 million to resolve allegations that Wyeth knowingly reported to the government false and fraudulent prices on two of its proton pump inhibitor drugs, Protonix Oral and Protonix IV. Oh, wow. I remember Protonix. Oh, crazy. Okay, X. X is Zarelto. So thousands of patients who say they've been seriously injured by Zarelto, they filed lawsuits against the drug companies um, for compensation, and they ended up having a $775 million settlement. This was Johnson & Johnson and Bayer. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same names keep popping up. I I wonder if people will take notice. (laughs) Why? Why uh, Yasmin and Yaz through the birth control? Yeah, um, and this was I remember when I was in like undergrad. Um, and so Bayer spent approximately one billion dollars settling around four thousand eight hundred claims of blood clot related injuries suffered by users of Yaz, Yasmin, and Ocella. Um, the claimants continue to demand compensation from Bayer, saying it failed to warn the consumers about the deadly blood clot complications associated with the popular line of birth control drugs. I remember when this came out and like one of my sister's friends like was driving and just had a like blood clot, ended up dying. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Had a stroke. And so the only thing new was this birth control and a few other women that I knew were on it and they were having weird complications. So no, that's legit. One of my colleagues in chiropractic college had come to school having just had a stroke, young woman, uh, probably mm-hmm. your age at the time. And she had had a stroke mm-hmm. from this and was on blood thinners. And I just remember it being a whole thing. And then I graduated in 2008 and went into practice. And I had several patients who'd been injured or harmed in some capacity who wow. were now coming to me trying to 
I mean, they were either on a different form of birth control or they had given up birth control. And they were, we were just trying to do naturopathic care to right. unwind the mess. So uh, nothing had severe as severe as my one colleague or classmate. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Billion oh, yeah. Z. Z was just like for sleep because I just feel like so many people are asleep. So maybe you're like a little bit more awakened now, but Z was for, are you still asleep or not? I love it. I love it. And people can find this post on your Instagram because it's such a one, it's such a wonderful resource, your pages. Uh, what is your Instagram account so that people can find you? Yeah. So my IG is just Dr. Asia Muhammad, A-S-I-A-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. I love it. Well, this has been very eye-opening, Dr. Asia. I want to keep it brief because I want to just keep the point potent on what we just went through. I hope people will go back and listen to this episode and take some notes because there's a lot in here to unpack. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. we could create a whole second alphabet if we... Yeah, we need more letters. <laughs> there's not enough letters for all this period. I you think know? you need to write a book. Make it like a yeah. That's a good make idea. it look like a children's. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you should write a book because there's several B's and there's several C's and there. You know what I mean? You could just. That's an excellent mm -hmm. idea, actually. I know. I'm. I come Thank up you. with. I come up with good marketing ideas, and then people <laughs> in our profession call me names for it. So it's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw. I see. I'm like, yes. Keep ruffling these feathers. Keep shaking oh, it up. I'm here. Yeah. For it. <laughs> I am here. For I it. love it. Okay. Is there anywhere else that you want to send the audience to find you? You can find me on IG. My like link is there for everything else that I have. My website, my email list is all there or just my website, which is my name, asiamohammed.com. So those are the two places how you can find yeah, me. Yeah, you've got a lot of great things going. And so I hope people will definitely come seek you out because you are a wonderful researcher. You take no shit and you throw down That's like right. a good St. Louis woman should. That's right. <laughs> the show me stink. Exactly. <laughs> that is why we are the way we are. Well, yeah. I, I hope you will come back and we can talk about some other topics that I know you're passionate about that totally. I love as well, like fatty liver and gut health. Mm -hmm. So we'll bring mm -hmm. you back on the yeah. show, okay? Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank Tina. you. Thank you for inspiring me and keeping me. Uh, it keeps my head in the game. So I love you. <laughs> love you too. Have a good you day. Too. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0 as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.